Amen. So today's a special day. We're going to have um, the last part of our casting call today. How many have enjoyed our series, The Casting Call? Amen. Every week we took a character in the, bio, in the Christmas story and uh, we, we took their story and how it could identify with us. The first week we talked about how the angel came and the angel's job was to bring good news. And the good news is the gospel, right? And uh, that good news we carry as believers. And then uh, the second week we talked about King Herod. And you think, boy, why in the world would you talk about King Herod? Because <clears throat> his heart was hardened. And he missed the opportunity to know uh, the true Messiah, the true Jesus Christ. And because his heart was hardened, he missed that moment. We talked about how, how God wants to soften us and how God is working on us. And then um, we talked about uh, the following week, we talked about the wise men and, and the gifts that they brought and the distance that they came. And then last week we talked about uh, Mother Mary and, uh, and, and what she did and how she said resounding yes when God said will you do this she didn't she didn't fight God she just said so be it let it let it happen in my life and so we're gonna we're gonna finish today and we're gonna talk about the rest of the nativity uh, today so without any further ado uh, we're gonna invite the nativity to come up here so just give them your undivided attention today thank you little one who was born let me tell you a story in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to, line, to, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her, first, her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. How fitting it is that you were born amongst the mess, in a barn full of animals and hay in an unsafe, fallen world. No palace to shield you from the world, but a, view, a full view of humanity, from a barn no less. And as you grow, your story will become the greatest story that will ever be told for centuries from one generation to the next. Nations will be divided because of your birth. Calendars will be divided in light of your birth. The world in all its busyness won't recognize you at first, but some will realize a savior entered the world. You will see the hurt, the anger, the pride, every hidden shame and frailty, and yet you will still love. You will see true worship and you will see some run to empty wells for a quick fix, and yet you will still love. When people read about you, they won't see a king's way of life, but you will be called the king of kings. A king's crown was not bestowed on you, but you will die with a crown of thorns on your head as you give your life so that they may have an eternal one. A real life. Yes, you will hear the words, This is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Pleased I am indeed. Yes, so fitting that the Son of God is born in a manger, amongst the mess, the world's mess. You will hear their cries and weep for them. You will hear their prayers 
and heal them. You will die a cruel death and rise again for them. Some will see though, see that though the thief comes to kill, still, and destroy, you, my son, came to give them life. Just as the prophet foretold, little one, the Lord will give a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Would you just close your eyes for just a moment? Heavenly Father, God, we just take a moment to reflect on you coming to this earth. Humbly you came, not with an entourage, not in a palace, but Lord, in a non-distinct little town. Lord, you came to a broken world. It was torn apart. God, like mankind in the relationship with your father. But Jesus, the reason you came, Lord, was to put us back into fellowship. So, Lord, we just take a moment to say thank you for that. We give you adoration and praise this morning. God bless you. Uh, I, I want to just talk to you today. The nativity is the the greatest story, the beginning of the greatest story ever told. And uh, the thing about the nativity, there are elements of joy. There are elements of peace. There are elements of hope. There are elements of love. And in the center of the nativity, we've talked about a lot of things within the nativity. But in the center of the nativity was this manger and in the center is the main character a young babe born in in a nondescript town some of us can relate with that here in Bedford right Uh, some of us say well Bedford's just a little small town in southern Indiana and you know not many people think about it matter of fact if you travel many of you people say where are you from you probably say Bloomington you may not even say Bedford because most people will be like where's Bedford right but but even Bethlehem was even a speck on the map compared to even our town that we live in and it was a young babe born with no fanfare no prestige but this babe would change the trajectory of mankind and and connect our relationship with God amen so I want to talk to you about about him today what is his name his name is Jesus Christ Yeshua Hamashiach in the Hebrew what a name it is. What a beautiful name it is. We talked about that. In Acts chapter 3, Peter would heal a man by declaring Jesus' name. In Acts 16, Paul would cast out a demon from a young lady declaring Jesus' name. Philippians 2, 9 and 11 it's, through 11, it says this, Wherefore God also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus 
every knee should bow of things in heaven and things of earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. His name is above every other name. The sickness that you has a name, Jesus' name is above it. Jesus is the name above depression, above cancer. Come on, right? Above uh, unemployment. Whatever the name of your situation is, Jesus is the answer to that. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says, And there is salvation in no one else. Last I checked, when you say no one else, that is, there is one, right? No one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The world would try to tell you, hey, there are many ways. But this scripture tells me that there is one way. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Amen? And so his name is powerful. Amen? Everyone say Jesus. Say it again. Say Jesus. Say, Jesus, your name is mighty. It's powerful. It's a powerful name over sickness. Demons tremble at that name, Jesus. And his name is still highly exalted and worth lifting up. And matter of fact, in, in Romans 10, 13, it says, Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Scripture tells us that his name is sweeter than ointment. And what a name it is. The date of his birth, ready for this? It was at the right day. It was a perfect day at the right time. After 400 years of silence, John would tell us that the word of God came forth that day. John chapter 1 verse 14 said, The word became flesh and, and made his dwelling among us. The word of God was, was spoke aloud so that all of mankind can hear. How many know that Jesus is the Word? History was made that day, and I love that word history because His story, Jesus Christ, the story of Jesus was made that day. Jesus would split history into two is what our our, our, uh, 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 vignette told us today, And, and, and that was scriptural. His coming would split history into two parts, B.C., before Christ, and and A.D., Anno Domini, which is the Latin meaning for the year of the Lord. When Jesus showed up, things changed. Amen? Galatians 4.4 says this, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. And Daniel... The prophet Daniel would prophesy that the Messiah's exact time of entrance into the world in chapter chapter 7 through 9 in Daniel, it, it, Jesus would appear, the Messiah would appear 483 years after Israel was freed from Babylonian captivity. And there it was, perfect timing, Jesus showed up. He came at the exact right day. Here's the next thing, the place that he was born. Bethlehem, a nondescript, small place, a speck on the map. It was predicted by the prophet Micah in the Old Testament that he'd be born in Bethlehem. You know, there are 300 plus prophecies of Jesus' first coming, and he fulfilled all of them, including being born in the little town of, of Bethlehem. Micah 5.2 in the message translation, it says this, But you, Bethlehem, David's country, 
the runt of the litter. Man, you know you're, you're, you're from a small town when it's called the runt of the litter, right? From you will come the leader who will be the sh- a shepherd who will rule Israel. He'll be no upstart, no pretender. His family tree is ancient and distinguished. Talking about Jesus Christ. Bethlehem in Hebrew means this, house of bread. How many are hungry this morning? How many missed breakfast this morning? How many are ready for lunch this morning? All right, you can be honest. It's okay. I, I preach about food all the time around here. But, but, but Bethlehem means the house of bread. In the book of John, Jesus would declare that I am the bread of life. Coming from the house of bread, the little distinct town, Bethlehem, the house of bread. And also laying in a little manger, which was a feeding trough for animals. It's like Jesus is telling us when Jesus declared, hey, I am the bread of life. And he will give you life if you come and, and, and you just, you take of him. Picture this with me if you can. Laid in that manger, a feeding trough. And whoever comes to him will not grow hungry. Amen. He was born in Bethlehem. His parents, his mother, Mary, she was such a good Young lady, a virgin chosen by God to carry and raise the Son of God. What a responsibility. And what a response she said to the Lord. She said, yes, I am your servant. I don't understand it, but so be it in my life. Amen, Lord, I, I accept this thing that you've, you've asked me to do. She was a pure and a young mother, a, a half that would make Jesus man. And because our God came down and dwelt among us as men, he is relatable to us. The very things that you are tempted by, he was tempted by. But he didn't succumb to temptation. His father, his earthly father was Joseph, but his father, our heavenly father, was God in heaven. He's a pure and a great God. He's a holy and a righteous God. It's the deity portion of Jesus Christ. It's, it's who his dad is. He gives salvation to us and for us. And that would, that would make him both man with his mom and God with his dad. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Here's the sign. You ready? This is hundreds of years before Jesus came. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. Everyone say that. God with us. He would take the lowly role of being a man. But in so doing, he would live a perfect life. You don't have to be perfect because Jesus was already perfect. And, and today, he, he, Jesus, is still with us in our hearts. Amen. Jesus, his weight. Jesus was heavy. Say, what do you mean by that? John chapter 1 verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And it says this, And we have seen his glory. Everyone say glory. Glory as the only son from the father full of grace and truth. That word glory, the reason I had you say it, has some powerful meanings. In the Greek, it's the word doxa. In the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, that word glory is kabod. It means this, the weightiness 
and the substance. How many know that, that Jesus has power? All power has been given to him. And when we behold his beauty, we understand the fullness of who he is. Things of the earth, they, they pass away, but God is eternal. Amen. You could search this earth for everything. You can try cars, but they'll rust away. You can buy houses, but the market will crash and decay will happen. You can exercise all you want, but these bodies are going to break down and give up at some point. But I promise you, but when you chase after the kabod, the presence of the Lord, it is the only thing that will satisfy you. There's a God-shaped hole inside each and every one of us that only the kabod or Jesus Christ can fill. You can chase careers. You can chase relationships. You can chase riches. You can chase everything, but only Jesus satisfies. He is more. And he says this. He said this, I have come to give you life and what? Life more abundantly. I love that about Jesus. He's nevertheless, he's always the more. Amen. His length, Jesus would go to great lengths to make sure that, that we might have fellowship with the Father again. Adam and Eve, the original sin, they, they would, their sin and their disobedience would separate us from a perfect relationship with God. And Jesus would hang on a cross, probably some eight to nine feet in the air. John chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus would declare that if he be lifted up, he would draw all men to him. And he's talking about being lifted up on the cross. Nine feet in the air, dying on the cross, he would do that just for us, the great lengths that he went to. He was high and lifted up, pinned to the cross. And I've heard it said that the nails didn't hold him to the cross that day, but it was his love for you that held him to the cross that day. So why are you talking about the cross? Because when the reason he came was to go to the cross for you and I. Amen. Can I tell you this? Today, he's calling you. And he's saying all sinners, all prodigals, all broken, all hungry, all lost, come. His blood type. Yes, I love this. See, Jesus having, not having an earthly father, his blood type is transferable. His, his blood type came from the heavenly father, God. His, his blood can transform you and wash you. Amen. He can wash your sins away. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says this. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. You know what he did on Calvary? You didn't do anything. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. But the unmerited grace of God, God extends to you and says, hey, you don't deserve it, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. His blood can make a black heart and a life turn white as snow. And I, I may never understand it fully in, in this life on this side of heaven how God can take a black heart that's full of sin, wash it with red blood, and make us white as snow. But I know that it works because I've experienced it in my life. Amen. The writer Robert Lowry, he penned the words to this beautiful hymn. 
And, and he said it like this. He said, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He says, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as no other found I know nothing but the that fourth verse goes like this this is all my hope and peace nothing but Nothing but the blood. This is all my righteousness. It's him. This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood. Come on, sing it out, church. Oh, precious. Oh, precious. Why, Lord, you make me white as snow, no other. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21 says this. I want you to listen closely to this verse. It says, for our sake, he made him, talking about Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What does that mean, Pastor? That means Jesus took your place. The Bible says this in Romans 6.23, that the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserved. You know why? Because we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But God, Ephesians 2.8, Ephesians 2.4, it says, but God, but Jesus, rich in mercy, come on, gave of himself. Amen. And it's a beautiful thing. And I think it's important for us to stop and reflect that he who knew no sin came down and became sin so that we might be the righteousness of God. It is Jesus. It's only been Jesus. It will always be Jesus. Jesus, by coming lowly, meekly, humbly, the Christ, both man and God, lived a sinless life. He took your penalty. He took my penalty. He didn't deserve it. But you know why he took it? He loved you. He loved you. A.W. Tozer said it like this. The only sin Jesus ever had was ours. And the only righteousness we can ever have is his. Let me say that again. The only sin Jesus ever had was ours, and the only righteousness that we could ever have is his. He gave the greatest gift to us. We talk about giving gifts to our family, and I love that. We're going to do that. It's going to be awesome. But the greatest gift ever given was Jesus Christ on the cross. If you're here 
Romans 10.9 says this because it says, and if you don't know Jesus, it says this, but if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. Saved from what, you say, Pastor? Saved from an eternal damnation in hell. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. If you don't know Jesus today... I want to give you an invitation to know him today. Say, hey, this is a little bit different service. Yeah, this is a straight salvation message. You may say, man, someone drug me into church today. I only came because my mom told me to come. I only came because my wife told me to come. I only came because my parents told me to come. It doesn't matter why you're here. You are here by by God-ordained moment. With your heads bowed and all eyes closed, no one looking around, I promise we're not going to be much longer today. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I hear you loud and clear. I, I, am, I am a broken person. I've sinned. I've failed. I've made mistakes. And I have not been washed by the blood of the Lamb. I haven't asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I haven't confessed my sins. I haven't believed in my heart that Jesus is the Lord. And I need to know him today. Listen to me. The greatest, sal- the greatest gift that you'll ever receive is salvation. And Jesus gives it freely to you today if you're here under the sound of my voice with no one looking around please be reverent say pastor that's me would you just lift up your hand I want to pray with you today I don't want to call you out I don't want to I don't want to do anything to embarrass you today anybody with your just lift up your hand if you'll lift throw your hand up for me come on we'll just tarry just a moment thank you thank you thank you Come on, is there anybody else? Thank you. All right. I'm going to ask you to do something just in faith today. I, I want everyone to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I come to you broken, lost, A person who has sinned and fell short. Lord, I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. To wash me with your blood. Lord, become the Lord of my life. Lord, I confess that you are the Christ. That you died for my sins. I ask you, Lord, to atone me. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. Lord, I believe in my heart that you are the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I give my life to you. I surrender to you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Amen.